Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup of coffee and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Dave, a modern-day sage. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks for joining us. Today's metaphysical kernel of thought is, as above, so below. This phrase is attributed to the Emerald Tablet of Hermes Trismegistus from the 2nd century BCE. Its first known appearance was mentioned in an Arabic text written between the 6th and 8th century CE, then translated to Latin in the 12th century. It is considered part of the foundation of European alchemy. The actual translation of the full text supposedly states, that which is below corresponds to that which is above, and that which is above corresponds to that which is below, to accomplish the miracle of the one thing. It has been used by religions throughout the world to demonstrate a potential connection between everything. On the path, we often say that the macrocosm affects the microcosm and the microcosm affects the macrocosm. For us, the internal divine is the microcosm and the external divine is the macrocosm. The divine is in us and we are in divine. This connection is what allows us to work magic and create change for ourselves and our world. Not only are we connected to the external divine, but everything in our world of the mundane. It is one of the reasons why we believe that all space is sacred. Because of this, we use the phrase as above, so below, as part of what we say when we actually cast a circle to contain energy raised as part of a ritual. We also state as within, so without, which for us is reinforcing these connections of interaction. We remember we have an internal spark of divine that connects to the external divine of the universe and that that we are connected to the world around us. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Dave. Well, here we are. Simple words, slightly more complex topic. As above, so below. As within, so without. Not a whole lot of syllables, but kind of a cool concept. Um, Yeah, as a matter of fact, at one point I can remember Susie and I trying to figure out how we could work that into a haiku uh, but then we got sidetracked and life happened but i'm gonna i'm gonna revisit that so what does as above so below actually before i ask you what it means where does it come okay here's where it gets one of those words i can't pronounce there is a an emerald tablet which was attributed to one of the greeks second century bc that area hermes hermes trismegistus because there are a bunch of hermes back there if you actually right. they, they were a very popular name i think it was like the john of like 50 years of greek okay writing and thought that so makes like, sense yeah so it's a, it's a more common name but this one wrote what was called the emerald tablet and it has been translated into the arabic and then into the latin it's made its way into all sorts of more modern christian religious ideas the idea is an interaction with the universe and us and us with the universe at its most basic when you think about it okay so it translates into a lot of religious i like the way you said that though the way we interact with the universe and the universe interacts with us exactly and Um, we can affect each other so that sometimes we can do something small because we're 
in the grand scheme of things, we're the microcosm and the macrocosm. We are the microcosm because we're one insignificant little person. I'm my, like, my, my imminent little spark inside yeah, it, me, that is my microcosm. Exactly. My, my universe lives in that spark. Exactly. And then there's the external divine, which is the macrocosm because it's all of that creative process and all of that stuff that's going on around us all the time. And that's, and that's the universal spark to me or the divine. Exactly. And what I do can have an effect on the universe around me. So it's not just my little bit of universe because I can change me and change the world around me. I can't necessarily, I, I don't even be hubris to think I can get the attention of the macrocosmic divine and have, you know, oh, I'm going to point at you and boom kind of thing. But that little spark can go out there and make little changes. And it's not like the divine is going to cut us off in so that respect. I, I, I almost want to disagree with one aspect of what you're saying there, only because of the, the recent extra that I did. Mm -hmm. um, our energies in the way that I see things right now, it's not a can affect the universe. It's a does affect the universe. Okay, better word. And and for me, that what I've been focusing on is understanding that whether I want it or not, I'm I'm sort of off the intention thing right now and realizing that I need to speak with intention because when I don't, my words are still magic. And I am always affecting the universe and I am always affecting those around me. And I am always affecting myself inside. I agree. So I kind of like that, just like um, one of the other things we learned in the past is about not necessarily needing to be in a sacred space, because if you're standing in the universe and you're trading energy with the universe, then you, in fact, are in sacred space and cannot not be in sacred space, which kind of brings us back to the as below. As beloved. As, as above, so beloved. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think yours is a better word choice. It's not that we don't affect the universe. It's we don't necessarily perceive the effect that we have on a sure. giant universe. I can see the universe in front of me. I can see me. I can see my spaces. I can see where I live. I can see where I go. Well, one of the ways that I look at it is, you know, we, we, we have the classic model of dropping a pebble and there's ripples that go mm -hmm. out. Exactly. But what we don't consider is if a, a hundred thousand or a million of us are all dropping pedals, uh, pebbles, excuse me, at the other end of the pond, there's a chance where the combination of all of our individual ripples mm -hmm. build into a tsunami. So understanding that our ripples don't necessarily stay weak, they can be blown up by whatever the rest of the universe is also trying to Oh, I agree completely. And and while we have to be careful, you also can't pay attention to it twenty four seven because you'll make yourself mad. And then I mean I mean crazy mad, contemplating the possible repercussions of everything you do or say or think or breathe or whatever. You kind of have to accept that there is the external divine of the universe that kind of keeps most of the major tsunamis from Having, well, it's a big ocean. Yeah, it's Absolutely. a big ocean. Having the repercussions that you associate the destructiveness of a tsunami with. Sure. You know, and I like to think that there's kind of that 
it's not a braking system per se. It doesn't break the system, or it's not like a flag brakes in a car. But it inertia. Yeah, yes, really, it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you and you and Sue used to talk about inertia before. But yeah, we're our leaning on that wheel is only going to do so much. Exactly. Yes, uh, and we also to, make ourselves crazy if we don't. I wanted to touch base on something else only because when you did the original reading today, these words just stuck in my head and I think out of the three or four paragraphs this is my distillation okay. so to speak or the mantra that I'm going to carry with me today and that's the divine is in us and we are in divine which is just a different way of wording as above so below as within as without micro macro they're all the same but I I like my internal spike likes to hear my voice say the words, the divine is in me and I am in divine. There's something confirming about me saying that. Like I said, that's going to be the, the kernel of the kernel that I'm going to pluck out of here today is that, yeah, I am standing in the divine and the divine is literally living and breathing in me. Mm -hmm. It gives me more of a grounded or connected feeling than being this isolated speck floating in the universe of void. I agree. And I think it, it's comforting too, because one of our biggest issues as people, and I mean human being type people, is we are essentially living in all of our little subjective universes. Sure. And we all this, have our own bubble. Yep. We all have our own bubble. And this reminds me that there is something touching everybody else's bubble in mind at the same time. Yep. And maybe I'm not as alone as I like to think I am some days. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because especially when we are focused in the, in the mundane, it's, it's not just part of our culture. I think it's part of our genetics all the way back into being primates. It's us against the world from a survival instinct point of view. Mm -hmm. And so every time I acknowledge that, uh, I am part of the world or walking in the world. Um, George Carlin used to have a, a joke about when he would uh, take aircraft flights, you know, when they'd say, uh, you know, when it was time to board that I'll say, all right, time to get on the plane. And he would say, screw that. I'm, not, I'm getting in the plane. <laughs> and yeah. that difference in perspective, there are times when sometimes I feel like I'm walking alone on a big rock. But then when I realize that I am divine and part of this entire thing in the earth and the planets are actually rolling around within the space between my electrons and uh, nuclei. So really the micro and the macro there gets so connected. Um, I, I, I think that's going to be one of the next great challenges of physics is going to be how to how to see the universe in a spec and how to look at the mechanics of a spec and understand the universe. And it makes a great deal of sense. And there again, it's the divine is in us. And we are, we are in divine. I like your discussion of the void because we've had that discussion before. So many people think of the void as empty space. It's not. It's both. It's all those potentials. <laughs> For yeah, creation, it's, it's a quantum foam cloud of possibility. And yeah. That, for me personally, is is the foam that I'm talking to. You know, the space between, as what was it, Dave Matthews? I think 
had a, had a softness space between. Yeah, that, so. That's what we're talking to. Yeah. And if you think about the space between, that's the hedge. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. It all comes down it's to that. that quantum phone that yeah. we pass yeah. back and forth between. And I wonder how many witches over the years have been inadvertent physicists attempting to explain the universe. Well, and I could say historically, vice versa, how many chemists or alchemists were uh, actually wizards uh, quite just trying to practice using powders and, and yeah. plastics. And it, 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 it's an interesting perspective that magic has always been part of humanity and that we as witches, modern witches, are attempting to infuse that back into the world. And I wonder how much of our separation as peoples is because we forgot about the magic. Well, in a few thousand years of intentionally being deprogrammed, um, you know, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday. And, you know, if you see something when you're a child at five or six, you say, hey, grandma, I just saw a ghost. If grandma says, no, you didn't. Yeah. And grandma tell you, tells you that enough. I, I don't care. I'm 58 years old and I know what I saw. And yeah. so... But by we are thing. overcoming as as a religious group or as a culture, we are overcoming still a couple of thousand years of being kept in the room closet or, or dark ages. Yeah, or, or, or deprogrammed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there is a certain amount of deprogramming, I think, for anyone who decides to say, I am a witch and that magic is real. Yeah. Because as children... It's part of your imagination, I and mean, it's a sure. wonderful thing, but now you need sure. to be in and, school and, and focus better. on... We're more better for human beings at that age than we are now. In terms of, of our belief and ability to know that magic works in Israel, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. and a lot of well, our that, practice is getting back to that sense of childlike sure. belief and, and joy. The funny thing is, people come in to me every day and they're like, so this magic stuff doesn't work. And I'm like, well, of course it works. It's prayer. And you're here. And they look at me funny and but it, but it that's is. what it is. Well, when you think you're putting your energy out to that foam of possibility with the hopes that enough people's ripples align that what you need happens. And I had a direct case of manifestation come up this week where I had some money that I had forgotten was coming in and boom, came in just as I needed it, perfect timing, perfect day. So I know that at least the right combinations of things, I'm starting to see positive results. Enough that when people say, so you're a witch, do, when you cast spells, do they work? I, I can confidently say, yes, I'm, I'm manifesting things in a regular, mm -hmm. on a regular basis, both at home and at work, and sorry, both within and without. Exactly. That's the whole point. You know, and and I know it probably will not happen in our lifetimes, but I would like to think that eventually enough of the world will catch up to the idea that it's perfectly acceptable to use magic yeah, in that respect. As and, and I'm not saying, you know, blow up the world kind of thing or hex the moon, which apparently is a no, big thing no, on TikTok. It's, it's a matter of culturally and globally, oh, yeah. we will start to understand a different definition of the word magic. I think so. I mean, when you think about it, for people who lived 200 years ago, the internet or the fact that you and I can record things in a Google meeting would be the height of magic. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. It's just our, as our <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's, no, it's what we know changes. So as above. So below. So below. And as below. So, so above. above. Exactly, because it goes both ways. I think we're about done. We're yeah, because it's not a it's it's not a complicated sounding topic. No, it's one of those eight words that mean a million. Yeah, so you know, shoot us an email or whatever. Let us know what you think of the idea. Sure, and, sure. and, and shout and, outs to our, our our favorite human being out in South Central Kansas. Exactly, and uh, give me a day, and I'll make up a thread for us to have a discussion about today. Exactly, and it's exciting. I like the idea of the fact that we are in. The, essence putting we're doing magic right now because we're putting our intent out into the universe that other people will think about what we're talking about today well and susie asked me she said i got it out there now now carry it forward and i could say today i've done just that exactly witch stones are a divination tool we created as part of our practice that deals with what we call concrete stones specific types and kinds of energy and conceptual stones Things and Ideas About Witchcraft, which can be read with either a seen or an unseen meaning. Recently, we have developed a set of oracle cards using this information. We would like to introduce you to one of these stones right now. In today's Witchstone Spotlight, we'll be looking at the stone card for Blue Moon. Concept cards focus on an aspect of the craft rather than a specific physical energy. The blue moon is the sixth of eight physical concept stones that relate to the energy of actions or results. It displays a pictograph of a round blue circle representing the moon surrounded by a gray and red border. It is the only stone with a pictograph of a different color so that it stands out. The border being split gray over red tells us that this is a concept card. The border being gray over red, or water over fire, tells us that this card represents a physical concept. Many people have heard the phrase, once in a blue moon, but there are actually two different definitions of a blue moon. The first is when there are two that occur within a given calendar month, and they show up more often than one might think. The second type is what this stone relates to and happens about once every 2.7 years. This type of blue moon is when there are four full moons during a three-month season of the year. Either way, this is what makes it something very special and appropriate for really long-term magic, which is the meaning that those on the path work with. This is also why it is part of the concept stones rather than placed within the concrete moon cycle foursome. Because this stone deals with the unexpected and looking forward into the future, its energy is naturally projective. The unexpected has often been associated with long-term goals where the focus remains in the present, letting the future take care of itself. Because of this, the energy may be associated with the light or the dark half of the year, depending upon when it curves. The blue moon card is associated with both the full and the dark or new moon. The blue moon represents creativity and inspiration when reflecting on the element of fire. The blue moon represents flow of actions when reflecting on the element of water. And the blue moon represents magic 
to manifestation and energy to grounding when reflecting on the actions to results. In a witch stone reading, the scene energy for the blue moon card is rarity, something unexpected, and long-term goals. Rarity is often associated with something of value and may mean that you have been granted an unexpected gift and perhaps from an unexpected source. Something unexpected means that your plans may not have gone as you thought or that you may connect with someone you haven't been involved with for some time. And long-term goals may remind you that there is something in your life that you need to continue to work on without expectation of quick solutions or gains, but that will benefit you down the road. In a Witchstone reading, the unseen energy for the blue moon is rarity, need to be more aware, and expand your sight. A rarity may be a reminder to look with fresh eyes at the things or belief you value most to make sure that it is worth the personal cost of hanging on to them. Need to be more aware may mean that you need to focus on what is right in front of you because it may be worth more than you thought. And expand your sight may mean that we need to consider more options or choices or that there may be multiple solutions to an issue that we are dealing with. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint, just something to make your day go better, because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. Today's tip, trick, or witchy hint is all about the idea of establishing a more regular routine for your spiritual practice. New Year's has just passed, and how many of us have made that resolution that this is going to be the year where we bump up our spiritual practices to some sort of amazingly continuous high for the entire year? And we're now about halfway through January, and how many of us still haven't done anything that relates to our resolution or even given up on the idea at all and settled back into our more mundane routines because work and school or whatever other responsibilities we have are quietly drawing our attention or drowning us, whichever. So how about if you establish a routine of different little things you can do at some point during your day and plan to do at least one of them? The idea is to mix and match depending on your mood, where you are, or even what you need at the moment. So I'm going to give you a list of 10 things you could try and feel free to tell me I'm crazy or feel free to add things to your own list or even try some of them out in any event. How about starting the first thing in the morning? You're stirring your coffee and staring blankly as you try to remember why you're up. Stir it in a clockwise motion and set your intent for the day. It's going to be a positive day. I am not going to yell at my children or my boss quite so much. Whatever you want and move on. You have to go to work or school or go outside. So when you go outside, stand there for a moment and check out the weather. How many of us spend our time cursing and running from the door to the car because it's raining or snowing or sleeting or fill in the blank? And we don't even notice what's going on around us. So while you're out there, let's talk about connecting to some of the elements occasionally. If you want to clear your head, you can always use air. Go stand where it's windy, face into it, and just breathe for a minute. Let it wash through you and around you. How about water? 
We all need more water. Everyone always tells us we're dehydrated all the time as a country, as a world. Drink your water with intent, whether it's out of a water bottle, straight out of the tap in a glass, it doesn't matter. Pay attention as you're drinking that glass of water and give thanks that you have access to it. How about for fire? You could always light a candle, a match, turn on that gas fireplace, anything, and just look at the flames for a minute. It's a great way to put yourself in a more meditative state if you wanted. And while you're outside, touch the earth and ground yourself. Let any of that excess crazy energy go back to the earth. It's welcome to take it. It always does. Does something positive with it, no matter what sort of mood we're in. And while we're talking about the earth, quick way to connect with your spirituality is that old saying, roots down, branches up where you put your, plant your feet, put your arms up there, and just feel the energy of the universe kind of cycling through you. You can even look like you're stretching at work if you're trying to hide out and be an undercover witch while you're at your desk. So there you are. How about checking out that moon phase every night? I know I've talked about this before, that I've had to scale back my spiritual practices because of a recent illness. I've made it a point to go outside and look for the moon every night. Even if it's cloudy, I know it's there. And I have the app on my phone, so I know where we are in the cycle when we go through that week or two of clouds every night in our area due to the season of the year. How about meditating? Some people have the idea that it only works if you do it for hours and hours. A five-minute break, just even 10 minutes if you can spare it, just to sit there and commune with yourself, kind of settle your thoughts or whatever you need to do is a great way to increase your spiritual awareness. And last but not least, breathe. Take a minute to just take a couple, three deep breaths. We do our sacred three. We acknowledge body, mind, and spirit. And all of our pieces kind of settle into place and we go on with our day. And if you actually have time, you could always read something witchy for five or 10 minutes. We all have those pile of books, most of us anyway, or on our e-reader or wherever that we say, when we have time, we're going to read about this witchy topic because we want to know. Five minutes at lunchtime while you're chewing your sandwich would work. So there you go. There's 10 quick things you could try. Mix and match. You don't have to do all of them in a day. In fact, nowhere in this statement when I talked about this did I say you had to do all of them. But if you can get one or even two in, and they don't have to be the same ones every day, because then it becomes a rote practice instead of an awareness practice. Try them out and see little by little. You will feel more connected to your spirituality. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday, but you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two, Young Crones. We'd love to have you join our growing online Discord community. Check out our new Patreon presence. Just look for Young Crones Cafe. Through Patreon, you'll be able to make it to our Discord. We are also Young Crones Cafe on Twitter and Facebook. Until then, remember... We are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedge walkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. And we are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. 
So mote it be. So mote it be.